worthy to be praised. And I tell you, we do as Christians, we have so much that we can sing about and we have a wonderful, amazing God. Now let me tell you, I've heard some great songs that I think really do a good job of glorifying God that really get me excited about God, but none have ever scratched the surface. None ever will. And I'm looking forward to that day when we're all singing together in heaven. And I tell you, that's going to be an amazing thing. Go to your Bible today and turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 5. Tomorrow, April 30th, it's going to be my 26th spiritual birthday. I was saved April 30th, 1986, and uh, I'm excited about that. I tell you, it is. I'm so glad that not only does God save us, but He keeps us saved. I haven't had to get saved 14 times because I was bad. Uh, you know, when I, I, I was just a little kid, but I knew I was a sinner. I knew uh, I knew that Jesus was the only Savior, and I. I remember laying there beside my bed. Well, my parents were there with me. It was on a Wednesday night after church. And I prayed and I asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart, forgive me my sins, and be my Savior. And He did. And I tell you, it's, I'm thankful I know the date. My parents remember we wrote it down in a Bible that I had. You don't, you know, you don't have to know the date, but I, think, I do think you need to know when it happened. And I think you ought to have that, be able to have that time and place where you can go back and say, that's where I, I call on the Savior. And that's where He, sa- that's where he saved me. I think it's very important. But we're not going to be talking about that today. Today, I said our theme is on about music, our song. Music is so important. I don't know about you all, but I love music. And I'm glad, uh, I'm glad we have music in the church. I like piano music. I like guitar music. I like trumpet music. I, I like music. I, I love it. I believe it really helps set the mood in the service. Uh, I believe God uses it. In a lot of ways, I like hearing people sing. Singing is is a wonderful thing. And in Ephesians chapter five, I want to read one passage to you. Start out it says Ephesians five fifteen. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I ask that You will use this message today. Lord, I believe this is a very important subject, Lord, and I believe that uh, Lord, we want to honor You with our music, God. We want to have that song in our heart, Lord, we want to we want to do things right, Lord. We're, our theme has been going for the gold, Lord. We want to do the best for you. We want to we want to be the best that we possibly can. And Lord, I pray you will use this message to help all of us. In your name, we pray. Amen. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Music. It's one. It's one of the most important things I believe in the church service today. Of course, I believe the preaching of the Word of God is the most important thing. It's the main thing. We want the Holy Spirit of God to be here, and He uses. He uses the preaching. He uses the Word of God more than anything else. But I believe probably second to that, you know, I know, I mean, prayer, I guess, would be there. But as far as like things that we uh, we use in the service, things that we all actively participate in, I believe music is huge. And it would only make sense that if Satan wanted to hurt the church services, that he'd go after the music. Okay, I know the main thing he's going to go after is the Word of God. That's what we're talking about next week. But I believe after that, it's it's the music. And let me tell you, the devil, 
He's done a good job of that. Music is something that predates man. It was around before we were. We didn't invent music. If you turn over to Job chapter 38, you know, I have to go to verse 1. It says, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee, and answer thou me. Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof? If thou knowest, or who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened, or who hath laid the cornerstone thereof? He's talking about the creation. And then verse 7, When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Back when God was creating this world, I believe the angels, they were singing the praises of God. It's been going around since before you and I were around. Uh, the angels sang during creation. Also, Lucifer. He was created. Many people believe, and I think I've... I think it's probably true, was, create, was created with built-in musical instruments. Say so what? Well, Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 13, it says, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardius, topaz, and the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold, and the workman, and the workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. Created. Some people believe that uh, you know Lucifer. We know he was the covering cherub, and he was, I mean, the main angel, and that he was probably had was a musical creature. God loves music. God sings, and Lucifer. Well, I believe many believe he was a musical being. Verse 14, Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in, uh, in thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. By the multitude of thy merchandise they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. Thou hast defiled my sanctuaries by the multitude of thine iniquities, by the iniquity of thy traffic. Therefore will I bring forth a fire from the midst of thee. It shall devour thee, and I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. And they shall know thee among the people and shall be astonished at thee. Thou shalt be a terror, and never shalt thou be anymore. So Satan, he was one that was created. He was perfect. He was, I mean, he was an angel of God. He had instruments literally built inside of him. He was the most beautiful of all God's creations. He was a musical creature, but iniquity was found in him and he sinned and he fell and he's, it's been his goal to do nothing but cause trouble ever since. It says he's defiled the sanctuaries and I believe one of the things that Satan is using more than anything today is music. I think he's been using it for a long time. And you know, there's a lot of different things we could talk about with music. If we wanted to get technical about things, we could do that. We don't have time to do all those things today. But I want to give you, I have two examples I want to give you today of where music was being used, one in a bad way and one in a good way. And I want us to look at some things that we see about music there that I believe that we can really learn a lot from. Because music's one of those things, you know, we all have our preferences, we all have our favorites, but there's, and there, and there's some 
There is some music, though, that I believe has no place in the house of God. I mean, that's just absolutely wicked. And you think, well, how do you know? How can you tell? And there's a lot of things, but I want to give you, I want to give you two examples in the Bible today that I think will help you to be able to identify the wrong music. And then there's one thing I want to give you that can help you figure out whether it's good music or not. There's one thing you might that it's really pretty. It's a simple test that you can do, and it won't. I said it's it's not a perfect thing, but I think it'll help you quite a bit if you try it. But um, first of all, I want us to go to the book of Exodus, chapter thirty-two. Exodus chapter 32. Many people today will make statements like, you know, music is amoral. You know, it's not the music that's important, it's the words that are important. But I do not believe that that's the case. I believe the words are important, but I believe the music is very important. And this is one of those things, too, that, once again, this is a subject that it's not always a popular one in church, but we're not here to be popular. You know, we're not here to, you know, make people feel good. We're here to preach the word and, being in season and out of season. And really, pretty much everything I'm going to tell you today, the only people that have trouble figuring this out are Christians. I remember when I first started learning about a lot of this stuff, you know, I grew up in a, in a pastor's home. We weren't allowed to do anything. Uh, you know, if I had listened to rock music, boy, I'd have been in trouble. I, I took guitar lessons when I was a kid. My dad told me, he said, if I ever hear you playing rock music on that guitar, I'll bust it over your head. And you know what? He'd have probably done it too. And I, I remember that I had this one song that I was supposed to do in my lesson book, and it was called like Echo Rock or something, or Go Go Rock or something. I can't remember. And I remember I told my teachers like I can't play this. And she's just like, well, and I was like, I didn't want to tell her my dad would break the guitar over my head. But and she's like, oh, well, we'll skip that one. We didn't do that one. But I, I, I never, I never listened to rock music. And I remember, uh, you know, back. During this time, there a lot of the Christian rock and stuff was starting to get big, and it was coming into churches. And I remember hearing some messages about it. I heard this one message, and he was telling all these facts about rock music and you know where it came from and the you know, meanings behind it, and all this wicked stuff about it. And I thought, man, people who listen to this stuff need to know this. And I remember I, I, I was working at McDonald's at the time, my first job, and I worked with this one guy, and he was into all the real hardcore stuff. And I remember I told, I remember I went to him, I'm like. It's like, hey, you know where rock music originated? And I started telling him all these facts about rock music. And he's just like, yeah, I knew that. I'm like, you did? I was like, well, did you know that I'm, I'm telling him all these other things? He's like, yeah. I'm like, you know all that? He's like, yeah. I was like, then why do you listen to it? I like it. <laughs> I'm thinking, what in the world? And I was like, I thought. And then, and then there was saved people that I worked with that listened to a lot of the rock music. And I remember I would tell them about it, and they'd want to argue with me about it. So lost people, they understand all these things about music. I had another guy I worked with, and he was he was kind of a scary fella. He was in a rock band, and I can't remember the name of it. It was a real crazy name. It just it sounded weird. And I remember I was talking to him about music one time, and and I you know I said a few things negative about rock music, and he knew I was a Christian. He said, "Let me." He's like, "Let me tell you something." He's like, "You know what I'm sick of." is us having our concerts and going to some of the concerts I go to and we'll see these Christians out there protesting our music and holding up signs saying that you know this stuff is bad and evil and all that and then they turn around and go and use the same music and just change the words. What's the difference? And I just looked at him and I'm looking for some of the other Christian people I worked with and I'm thinking, you are absolutely right. I'm right there with you. 
I was like, I wish Christians understood this. It's like, you've got it figured out. That no, there is no difference. The music does matter. It doesn't matter if there's Christian words. And I think it kind of shocked them that I was agreeing with them. Like, you're absolutely right. The words don't make it good. It's, but I, he didn't agree with the fact when I was like, it's all bad. But Chris is the only people that struggle with this. Lost people understand. But in his Exodus chapter 32, verse 15. It says, And Moses turned and went down from the mountain. The two tables of the testimony were in his hand. The tables were written on both their sides, one on the one side and on the other were they written. And the tables were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God graven upon the tables. Moses has, God has just given him the Ten Commandments. Alright? Keep that in mind for later. Moses, he's carrying those Ten Commandments down the mountain. And it says in verse 17, And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said unto Moses, There is a noise of war in the camp. Joshua hears this awful sound. And Joshua, you know, I don't know Joshua, maybe he must have been, he was probably a pretty innocent guy. He had, you know, his parents, they were mean to him. They never bought him all the iPods and radios and things so he could listen to all that music. He didn't have all the latest CDs and things. And I know that sounds really weird there, but you got the point I'm trying to make. And he hears that noise and he's thinking, there's war in the camp. Something bad is going on. And Moses, he, uh, Moses says to him in verse 18, and he said, it is not the voice of them that shout for mastery, neither is it the voice of them that cry for being overcome, but the noise of them that sing do I hear. It was music. They were singing. He said, it's not the voice of them that cry for mastery. You know, when there's a battle, you might hear one group yelling and shouting, you know, and they're, you know, an excited cry, but then you might hear another group yelling a scare, you know, cry out in pain. And they couldn't even tell what it was. It was just, it was this loud sound of war. And Joshua thinks it's war, but Moses said, no, this is the voice of them that sing. Now, we can't, I can't play you all an audio clip of what kind of music they were using. I don't know what it sounded like exactly, but I want us to look at some of the things that were taking place while this music is going on, and you will see these very same things taking place around the wrong kind of music today. It just goes with the territory. And some of this music is in the church, and some of these same things are coming into the church, and it is so sad to me, and I don't want it to ever happen here. But in verse six of chapter thirty-two, I mean, you remember God had uh, Moses had went up to get the Ten Commandments. He was there for a long time. The people they got impatient, and they're thinking he's not coming down. And they got Aaron to make them a golden calf. And they went and they start having this drunken, wild party that goes on where all kinds of evil was committed. And it says in verse six, it says, and they rose up early on the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. Now that doesn't sound too bad right there. But the play that it's talking about there, it means to laugh outright in merriment or scorn by implication to sport, laugh, mock, play, or make sport. The drink the drink that it says there, it's talking about drunkenness. They they got drunk, and what happens when people get drunk? They get a little goofy. They start making fun. They start mocking. They start sporting. They're playing. Okay, not they're not playing a game of baseball or something here. No, it's they, it started getting out of hand, and 
they start they they were drunk. You know, when you're around one thing that you will always find around the wrong kind of music is drunkenness. You know, you're not going to hear church music playing in a bar that you hear here. It's just not going to fit with what people are wanting to do. When people have their parties and things, you're not going to hear them playing Amazing Grace. It's not going to fit with the drunkenness that's going to be going on, with the behavior that's about to take place. People, they before they're going to start acting a certain way, they got to get it so much alcohol in them first. And one thing you always see, almost always see around the wrong kind of music is drunkenness. And one of the things that just breaks my heart is that is how few religions even speak out against drunkenness anymore. That it is, I feel like, I mean, it's fewer and fewer. We're the only ones. I mean, it, drunkenness is always condemned in the Bible. It's all, all of it. It's all bad. And churches today are accepting it. Some churches today will even, some religions will even have things where they will bring in the beer wagons and things. And drunkenness will go on in church activities. And that's horrible. It's sad, but. One of the things you'll find in those churches too is usually their music is out of control. And it just goes with drunkenness and the wrong music go together. Also another thing we see in verse 9, And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. A stiff-necked. They're stubborn. They're rebellious. Rebellion has always been associated with rock music. That's what I'm telling you, you know, back in the 60s when it started getting big, that was a rebellious generation. It was a rebellious age. The music that they used, it promoted that stuff. And that's when people started breaking all the rules. That's when guys started looking more like girls and girls started looking more like guys and things got more and more confused. They're being rebellious. You see the way some of these groups, the way they dress, I mean, they just look like something that fell out of the backseat of a zombie movie. I mean, you look at it and it's like, good night, what is with these groups? And you know, you understand it with the lost, but even some of these, quote, Christian groups, these guys look like a bunch of psychopaths. If I saw these guys around my kids, I'd be going and getting the shotgun. I'd be running them off. I'd be scared to death. If I saw, if I saw them in a dark alley, I'd run so fast. And these guys are claiming to be Christian and you listen to that music on there. And if you can understand the words, and that's a big if, if you could understand the words, you would never know by just listening to that music that they were trying to honor and glorify God. The stuff that they're using, it's wicked, it's garbage, it's rebellious, it's breaking all the rules. That's why even some of those Christian groups, the guys all look like girls and the girls all look like guys, it's rebellious. They're completely going against nature. The music itself, it goes against, it just, it goes against nature. It's, and God's Word. It's, re- it's rebellious. And that's what these people are doing here. They were stiff-necked. God saw these rebellious people. He saw the rebellion. They're going and they're worshiping a golden calf. A golden calf. That was one of the Egyptian gods. God had just defeated all their gods when He brought them out of the land of Egypt. It was God that opened the Red Sea for them. It was God that had been protecting them. And they were supposed to be waiting for God to give His law so they could worship Him. And they are worshiping a golden calf. That doesn't make sense. And you know what? I don't think there was one person there worshiping that calf that day that really believed that that golden calf had an ounce of power. They did it completely out of rebellion. They were... They were making fun. These be our gods. They're mocking. They're laughing. They're not even taking it serious. 
and the music that's going on in churches today, it's it's not taking worship serious. It's mocking. I mean, you watch some of the stuff, and there'd be these groups, and they're up there dancing and doing all this crazy stuff, and you think that's and they call them worship teams. There's no worship there. That stuff, some of the stuff they do is vile, and they call it they call it Christian. I believe it's rebellion. It goes every, it goes against everything in the Word of God. And rebellion is something you always find associated with rock music. Your teenager starts getting rebellious. They like to go walk in their room. They slam the door and they put on those headphones and they start blaring that rock music in their ears. You know why? They're rebellious, and that music it feeds that. It feeds that rebellious side that all of us we we got we got some of that in us. And the last thing we need is to be feeding it with the wrong kind of music. Another thing you'll see around the wrong kind of music is violence. Verse 17, And when Joshua heard the noise of the people, they shouted. And he said, Moses, there's a noise of war in the camp. So they weren't at war, but that music, there was something about it. It reminded them of war. It sounded like violence. You know, there are a lot of, there's a lot of violent music out there today that promotes violence. Some of the things that they sing about and talk about. I mean, just some of the titles of these songs, it's, just, it's horrible. It's horrible. The rap music and things, it, it promotes violence. And then people want to say, let's... I mean, that, that, the, not just the words, the music is what pushes the violence. A lot of these people, you know, before they go and they do some kind of violent act, a lot of times they're listening to that music. It helps get them in the right frame of mind. It helps get them in the mood. And it's not the words, it's the music. And then we want to go and to put Christian words and act like that's going to make them spiritual. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. You'll always find, you'll, you'll find violence around the wrong kind of music. And this is another big one here. You say, well, I don't like any of that, you know, headbanging stuff. You know, I, I, I'm not into that. And yeah, I don't, I don't believe that that kind of stuff ought to be in churches. And unfortunately that is in a lot of churches. But then there are some, uh, and this, and this is a big one. This is getting into churches who claim to be conservative in their music. And another thing you'll find is sensuality. In verse 19, it says, And it came to pass, as he came nigh unto the camp, that he saw the calf and the dancing, and Moses' anger waxed hot, and he cast the tables out of his hands and break them beneath the mount. Now, notice how it says he saw the dancing. Now, you know what? There's an instance in the Bible where it mentions dancing. Not long before that, that was okay. When they were going through the Red Sea, Miriam. She led many of the, of the women in a song and they, they sang and they danced. But the dancing that's going on here, it wasn't like the dancing that was going on in the Red Sea. I, mean, I, can, I can only imagine. They're going through the Red Sea. That had to be exciting. I mean, I'm not even going to attempt to do this kind of dance like they were probably doing. But I can picture in my head, you know, they're, I mean, it's, it's a victorious dance. I mean, they're shouting and, they're, I mean, they're praising God. But, that's not, but the, the dancing that's going on here, that's not what it is. This wasn't a dance of praise God. It was a sensual dance. I mean, you look at, I mean, good night, and just in some of these high school, and not even high school, grade school dances and things. And you look at what goes on in these dances. And guess what is absolutely necessary to get that kind of mood? The music. It'll be a very sensual music. It helps get them in that kind of a mood. And that's what was going on. These people, they were dancing, and it was a sensual, it was a sensual dance. And many uh, churches today, the music that they that they sing is just absolutely it is it's sensual. 
It's fleshly. It appeals to the flesh, not the Spirit. I mean, you watch the way these people get up and sing and it looks like they're making out with a microphone. I mean, it's like, come on. You know, don't sing like... We're in church. That's not the kind of mood that we want to be setting. That's not, that's not what this is all about. And, you, and one of the things that people, uh, that, you know, you can kind of do, here's another little test. I mean, just, when you, when you hear that kind of music, you know, what kind of dancing do you feel like doing? You want to test it? Test it out on a little kid. You can get, my, my daughter, Allie, sometimes she hears certain music. I mean, she'll, she'll kind of get, she'll kind of get to doing. And there's some music here, she'll, so, you know, some, they, you know, you, you can get a little kid, you get like a marching band music, you know, they want to march around. You know, they, they've never been in a marching band, but there's just something about that kind of music that makes you want to march. But then there's other kind of music that makes you want to shake your hips. And you can get a little kid and they'll start, they'll start busting some moves that's pretty impressive. And it's like, what makes them do that? It's the music. Music affects the body. And it can affect the body in a sensual way. And many churches today are using music that is affecting people in a sensual way. That's not what we're here for when we're at church. We're supposed to be focusing on the spiritual. We're supposed to be focusing on God. And they're using this absolutely sensual music in the house of God. And I'm here to tell you that that's just wicked. That should not happen. But it is. And it's becoming more and more common. I've heard some groups... And you listen to the way these people sing and it's like, good night. You mean you can tell by listening to somebody sing what kind of music they listen to and what kind of music they like. And some of these Christian groups out here saying, I've heard them take good songs and make it sensual. I mean, you hear some of these people, boy, I mean, they, can, they can make Amazing Grace sound bad. It's like, what are you listening to? I mean, what... I mean, why are you singing the song like that? You've just ruined a perfectly good song. But you know what? We got. We you know we don't want to be behind the times music. We want to be you know we want to be trendy. We want to be more modern. And listen, I'm not against. I'm not against new songs. I'm, I'm not. I don't think uh, there's songs that we've sung here. There are songs that have been written in the last few years. But I am against sensual stuff. I'm against the new. Styles, I guess, and things. That's not what we're doing. We need, we need, there's godliness. It's the same. It doesn't change. And we're not gonna, we're not gonna get caught up in that stuff. And so much music is sensual, and we see the sensuality that's going on. That he saw the dancing, and it didn't, and it wasn't anything like the dancing going on in the Red Sea. It was a sensual dance. And another thing that you will see that is very common around the wrong kind of music is nakedness. Verse 25, And when Moses saw that the people were naked, for Aaron had made them naked under their shame among their enemies. They were, they were naked. You know what? You mean you watch some of these groups and it's like... You know, I remember when I was a kid, I remember there was one group that was real popular. And they, I mean, everybody, everybody was always talking about... You, know, you saw the pictures everywhere. And I remember half the time these guys weren't wearing half their clothes. And I remember as a kid thinking, what's, what's the point? Why, why do these groups, why can't they wear clothes? <laughs> well, the kind of music that they're promoting, it, it promotes nakedness. Some people, there's certain kind of music, it's, that's just what it does. I, you know, I don't want to get too graphic and everything, but I'm telling you, one thing that is very common around the wrong kind of music is people are not going to be appropriately dressed. It's just, it's the way it is. It's, 
There's something about it. I don't. I can't completely explain it to you. I don't know. I don't know why all certain types of music the people don't want to wear their clothes. I don't know why when people are going around half naked, why there's certain groups that they want to listen to. There's something about the music that promotes that kind of thing. And you know what? I've seen it in churches before where you got people up there singing and they're showing way too much. And it's like, what is going on? And then you listen to the song they're singing and it's like, you know, there's just some songs I guess you're not supposed to wear a lot of clothes while singing. And let me tell you, that's not what we ought to be singing in church. That's not the kind of music that ought to be going on in the house of God. And you just watch it. You watch the way you think that music's appropriate. Just watch what goes on at some of these concerts. I don't recommend going to a rock concert, but if you're actually if you're bound and determined to listen to this stuff and say that's okay, just one time maybe go and go to one of these concerts. Look at what goes on. Look at what the people wear. I mean, drug use is huge at some of these things. I mean, alcohol people. I mean, you know, when I'm listening to music, I like to listen. I like to I like to learn new songs. And it seems like to me, if I'm wanting to learn a song or enjoy music, I'm going to want to have my senses as good as possible. I'm not going to be going and getting drunk and taking drugs. But apparently, there's some music to fully understand it. You got you got to be high. You know what? I'd rather not understand that. And you know what? Let's just keep it out of our church because. We don't want people getting high in the church, for one thing. And you shouldn't have to get high to be able to understand the music. And look at what goes on at these places. Rebellion. I mean, the way people act, the way they're dressed. I remember when I was a young teenager, one of the first times I ever was exposed to any type of Christian rock. I remember we went, we were in Peoria, we went to the Peoria Christian Center. The Christian Center, and we always we, we liked that place. It was it was a nice bowling alley. You know, it was one of the few bowling alleys where there wasn't smoking and drinking and things going on. And we would always take church groups there. And one time we took a church group there, and we're all there bowling and having a great time. And I remember all of a sudden I go back in the other rooms where they had you know the foosball and ping pong and all those things, and there were all these crazy people looking people there. I mean, crazy looking. I mean, I'm thinking as a young innocent. Kid, I'm thinking Satanist. <laughs> That's what they look like. I mean, they're all in black and they're all pierced up all over the place. I mean, just a crazy looking group. And I remember I went and I told Dad, I was like, Dad, I don't know what's going on out there. But there, and a lot of the kids were playing back there and stuff. And I remember my dad went out there and he saw everybody and he went and got all the kids like, you guys get back in the bowling area, you know? And we were like, what is going on? Turned out. They had a separate room there where there was this big auditorium. They were having a Christian rock concert there that night. And I remember I went and I kind of looked and I peeked in there and I saw that group on the stage. I thought, oh my goodness, that's Christian? All these people out here are Christians? What's... It was confusing. I, mean, I was just like, what is going on? I mean, this is nuts. This is absolutely nuts. And I'm telling you, for, there's something about music that it, the, wrong, the wrong kind of music attracts that kind of people. Oh, we're going to give them the gospel while they're there. We're, they're, they're not, no, God doesn't use that kind of stuff. We don't do evil that good may come. God forbid. That's what the Bible says. And you see that, and it's just, it blows your mind. And all that was taking place there when that music, that violent music of war was going on in the camp. You see those things. You look 
and what goes on around certain music. If you I mean drunkenness, rebellion, violence, sexuality, nakedness, those things should not be involved. It's not going to be around the right kind of music. It's just not going to happen. People aren't going to be comfortable around it. They're not going to want to do these things when they're around the right kind of music. A music affects your body. Music affects behavior. It affects all of that. So that's an example of bad music. Then real quick, I want to show you an example of the right kind of music. Second Chronicles chapter 5. Verse 7, 2 Chronicles chapter 5. Now once again, I can't play you all an audio clip of what this music sounded like exactly, but I think we can get a good idea of what was going on here. And there's, some, there's one huge thing that we can look at and we, that we're supposed to be able to see in music. All right? We've been talking about music the whole time, but really a lot of what I've been talking about, I would say, is not music. A lot of this rock, junk, rap stuff, it's not music. It's rock and rap. But man, Second Chronicles 5, verse 7 says, And the priest brought in the ark of the covenant of the Lord unto his place, to the oracle of the house, and to the most holy place, even under the wings of the cherubims. For the cherubims spread forth their wings over the place of the ark, and the cherubims covered the ark, and the staves thereof above. And they drew out the staves of the ark, and the ends of the staves were seen from the ark before the oracle, but they were not seen without. And there it is unto this day. There was nothing in the ark save the two tables which Moses put therein at Horeb when the Lord made a covenant with the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt. Remember that first story we looked at? Moses has got those Ten Commandments and he's bringing them down to the people. And there's that wicked music that's going on. And Moses, he gets angry and he takes those commandments and he breaks them. He smashes the tables of stone. That's what happened in that first story. In this story, the tables are inside the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant is being placed in the temple. They're getting ready to dedicate the temple. It's, it's, it's there. It's a place that belongs. And the new tables that God gave Moses later is now in there. Once again, we see... Those Ten Commandments there. But now they're around the right kind of music. And look what happens in verse 11. And it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place, for all the priests that were present were sanctified and did not then wait by course. And the Levites, which were the singers, all of them of Asaph, of Heman, of Jeduthun, with their sons and their brethren being arrayed in white linen, having cymbals and psalteries and harps, stood at the east end of the altar, and with them a hundred and twenty priests sounding with trumpets. We've got hundreds, maybe thousands of people getting ready to do some singing. We've got all kinds of instruments that have gotten together and they're getting ready to play. And it says in verse 13, And it came to pass, as the trumpeters and the singers were as one, to make one sound, to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music, and praised the Lord, saying, For He is good, for His mercy endureth forever that then the house was filled with the cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. Did you all hear that? All these groups, I mean, there's all these instruments and everything together, and it says when they went and they made, as it were, one sound, the glory of God, He came down. The house of God, it was filled with the cloud, and the, the glory of God filled that place so much the priests couldn't even go in there to minister. 
The presence of God showed up and God moved. And I, I can't even imagine how exciting that must have been. That had to have been something to see that day. But I want you to notice one thing that it says that it says they made one sound. Something that real music is gonna have, it's gonna have a melody. There's three parts of music. You got the melody, you've got the harmony, you've got the rhythm. And one of the things that is dominating what is called music today, it's all rhythm. It's all rhythm stuff. It's all headbanging stuff. And you know what? Most music that you hear going on today, and a lot of the music's even in church, it doesn't even have a melody. If it has a melody, if it really, if a song has a melody, you can whistle the tune, and people would recognize it. There's a, that's a little test. Can I even whistle the tune of that song? If you can't even whistle the tune, it's because it doesn't have a melody. That's not the right kind of music. It's just a whole bunch of noise and people going crazy. That's not what happened. It, 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 they made one sound. It's like in an orchestra. But I, I love I love good orchestra. I, I, I love hearing that thing or a band. You can have all these different instruments. I mean, you've got trumpets and violins, and I mean, and they've they've got the percussion instruments, and they've got all these different kind of instruments. But yet, when you get those orchestras together, boy, that conductor goes and he leads them, and they all play together, and it's just beautiful. And even though there's maybe 50 different kinds of instruments, even though they're all playing different parts and doing different things, one thing that they has in common is you can always spot the melody. You can spot that tune. You can whistle. I mean, even some of those Beethoven symphonies and things, you can hear the tune. You can whistle the tune. It has a melody. And that first verse we read, it said, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. I'm here today to tell you that a lot of music today, it doesn't even have a melody. And it's we don't need that kind of stuff in churches. The right kind of music is going to have a melody. They had one there that day. Another thing you're going to see around the right kind of music is the presence of God. The presence of God showed up. God showed up and He filled that temple. And I want the presence of God to be in this place. I want it to be in our service. And God responds to music. He responds to praise. They didn't just sing any song. They sang praise to God. For He is good. For His mercy endureth forever. When we come to the house of God, we ought to honor Him and glorify Him with our music. The best way we possibly can. We need to sing out. We need to sing praise to Him. We need to sing. We need to sing in unity. We need to have a melody that we sing. We sang the song, In My Heart, There Rings a Melody. And we want, we want the presence of God. I'm here today to tell you that while a lot of this other music maybe is creating some exciting services, exciting as far as the flesh goes, while it's creating, or while it's attracting big crowds, one thing that is not there, that is nowhere near there, is the presence of God. And we need the presence of God in our services. If we're going to do what God wants to do, if God's going to change lives, He's going to save people, we need God to show up. We don't want to quench the Holy Spirit. We don't want to be bringing evil things in here. And I'm telling you, when you bring in the wrong kind of music, one of the, you will start to see all these other things going on in the services. It'll happen. If it doesn't happen in the service, it will be happening with the people doing the music. It, it's, it's part of it. It goes with the territory. Satan has been using the same stuff for thousands of years. He's not going to quit because it keeps working. 
And there's a lot of more, a lot more ins and outs that we could talk about. But the one thing, final thing I want you to notice, though, in Exodus we see the Ten Commandments. We see those tables of stone that are there. But one thing that was going on when it showed up, Moses comes with those commandments, is the people are down to breaking almost all ten of the commandments. And Moses, he not only does he break the Ten Commandments. The stones, but they're breaking the Ten Commandments themselves. One thing that you're going to see around the right kind of music is you're going to see the commandments being kept. You're going to see them being preserved. They had those Ten Commandments there in the Ark of the Covenant, and as far as we know, they're still there today. And they're there, and they're praising God. They're making that one noise, that melody, and God shows up. And one thing that you're going to see in churches that are using the wrong kind of music is you're going to see you're going to see the word of God being completely ignored in so many areas. You're going to see all kinds of different versions they're going to be going from because their Bible, you know, this Bible is not going to line up with what they're teaching. So they're going to go find a new one. And things are getting so wicked they have to keep making different Bibles to make it fit all the goofiness that's going on. You're going to see the word of God being completely neglected when you're in a church around the wrong kind of music. But one that's doing the right kind of thing, that has the right kind of music. One thing that they're usually going to have in common, they're going to be trying to follow the Word of God the best they can. They're going to be obedient to the Word of God. They're going to be following the commandments of God, not breaking the commandments of God. And I tell you, it's important not only that we have the right kind of music, but I think it's important too that if we have people here and they're singing specials, or we have a, we have a group come in that are singers, and they're singing the right kind of music, they need to be living the right kind of life. We ought to, I think we ought to. I think we ought to be backing up the things that we preach, the things we sing. We ought to back it up with our life. We ought to be living it. And one of the things that you that is very common with some of these quote I say Christian rock groups is these guys are living like animals. They're singing one thing, and they're living completely different. And to me, it, it all makes sense. And you know, listen, we've got that flesh. We've got we all got that sin nature. And we're all we're all attracted to the things of the flesh. And there's some who are doing all they can to fight it and to try to walk in the spirit and to put away the things of the flesh, but then there's some they've just given up and say, you know what? Let's just say it's okay. Let's call it good. Let's make it a part of our services. And you know what? It'll get a bigger crowd. We could probably get more money. We could we could charge people to come if we had a concert. We wouldn't even have to take an offering. But that's not why we're here. We're here to honor and glorify God. We're here to preach the Word. And I believe our music ought to back up what we're preaching. We ought to have the right kind of music. And I'm not going to stand here and tell you every, you know, what's, what's good, what's not. I'm, I'm giving you some things that you can look for. And when you, when you hear music, when you see what's going on, and ask yourself, are these things bringing people closer to God? Or is it taking people away from God? And the evidence is pretty clear. You can find out just from some of these things what's right and what's wrong. And I hope you will truly search to find to have the right kind of music. Because listen, it's not we don't want to just have the right kind of music here. If we're all listening to the garbage all week long, you're not going to enjoy the music here. That that fleshly stuff, you get too caught up in that, then you're not you're not going to like our stuff because it it doesn't appeal to the flesh. And it's it's it's, it's not going to work. People like to hear songs that they know, and if. I'm sorry, but you know, if you're listening to, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of one of these crazy groups, you know, 
Jesus Christ Superstar or something that kind of music, you know. Uh, you're not going to hear that here. <laughs> you're not. You're not going to appreciate it. But I, I hope you will uh, do what you can to listen to the right kind of music. We want to get somebody here. That's why I want to have some of these groups here. I want them to come. They have their CDs and people can listen to them. Because you know what? It's getting harder and harder to find good music. It is very hard. So many churches have just said, forget it. Let's go with the new contemporary stuff. Let's not do that. There's plenty of good stuff out there. Let's stay faithful. We're going for the gold. We want to do the best. We want to have the best in this church. And and I believe God will help us do that. We might not have the best singers. You all know that. You hear me sing pretty regular. But I at least want, I want to sing. I, I try to pick songs that I believe are God-honoring and that are good. And I at least at least want to do that. I can't help how I sing, but I can help. <laughs> I can help. I can help what I sing. So with that, let's all stand together with our heads bowed, eyes closed.